It was Corinne Tucker, my fellow songwriter, and myself who wrote the songs. We were sometimes in different cities. Uh, she's up here. I was down there, and we sent ideas back and forth over the computer. The Portland 50 podcast is brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. Additional support for the Portland 50 is provided by Zupan's Markets. Our guest this week is Carrie Brownstein of Portlandia fame. But before that, she was in a band called Sleater Kinney. They uh, went on hiatus in 2006, got back together in 2015, and just a month ago released a brand new album, The Center Won't Hold. We had a chance to chat with her briefly today to talk about that new album, what it's like to be on tour, as well as what influenced the new album. She will, by the way, and we'll talk about this, be coming through Portland in November, November 19th and 20th at the Crystal Ballroom. That first show, by the way, sold out. So here is my conversation with the one and only Carrie Brownstein of Sleater Kinney. Is that better? That's that's better. Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, hey, thanks. How's it going? Good. good. Technology. I, I guess I should ask. You're, you're not just calling from down the road today, are you? You could have could just come in the studio. I, that's probably true. I am calling from down the road, except that I, I have a bunch of other interviews to do. But yes, classic. I'm probably just a few miles from you. Yeah, the, the sound quality would maybe just be slightly ever better, but we're, uh, we're happy to have you on. So, Carrie, I don't know if this is a result of me uh, getting older, but as I look at your the next couple of months that you have in front of you as you head out on tour, um, mm-hmm. I, how do you prepare for something like that? Because I have so much more respect for rock stars and even like professional athletes like basketball players who spend a good chunk of their life on the road. And I'm just like, that, that would be just miserable. Is it miserable? <laughs> Uh, it's certainly challenging. It's definitely, uh, a marathon of sorts. Um, but it's one, I think other thing that comes with, with age or just doing this for a while is learning how to appreciate it and, and kind of seeing it for the rarity it is to get to travel around the country and perform for different people. Uh, so yeah, I, I approach it with that sense of positivity. Otherwise, yeah, you can look at the the length of time and the miles traveled and get very overwhelmed. Of course, we're talking about the uh, the big tour you're heading out on tour, uh, Sleater Kenny. The new album, The Center Won't Hold, is out. It's been out uh, a little over a month now. So congratulations on that. Um, Thanks. Uh, what was it like? Uh, because I, I know in the past a lot of a lot of your, the Sleater Kinney albums were written right here in Portland, some up in Seattle, a little bit down in San Francisco. You worked with St. Vincent on on this album. Where where did you write these songs? Where did you record them? Was it here in Portland as well, or did you go where St. Vincent was? Well, I live in Los Angeles half the year, and Annie Clark, aka St. Vincent, also lives in Los Angeles. But it was Corin Tucker by my. A fellow uh, songwriter and myself who wrote the songs. We were sometimes in different cities. Uh, she's up here. I was down there and we sent ideas back and forth over the computer. Occasionally we were in the same room, which is more, uh, you know, sort of usual for us. That's traditional. Kind of our, yeah. Our, our norm, traditional methodology. Uh, so it, it, we actually enjoyed 
I think, a deviation from the norm because it kind of forces you to think about the songs differently. And you kind of have to establish a proof of concept when you're sending something to someone because essentially your bandmates are the first audience. So if you're in the room with them and you're just showing them a, a riff or a chorus or melody, you're there to sort of explain, oh, well, this is how I see it. But when you're sending something, you know that they're going to listen and kind of judge for the first time. So we really sent each other more fully-fledged demos. And I think uh, that that really helped kind of expand the vocabulary of, of how we could write. And, um, and I think when you've been a band for a long time, you're always looking for something new, a new way to challenge yourself. So that was great. And then, yeah, we recorded mostly, actually, chiefly in Los Angeles uh, with St. Vincent. Yeah, in a couple different studios. So, so this process that you kind of just walked us through a little bit, was that intentional or was it just by nature of how you decided to team up with Annie Clark and write these records? Did you, did you set out to do it differently or did it just happen that way? Uh, I think a little both. Uh, I mean, like I said, it just gets more and more difficult to find ways of kind of undermining what becomes kind of a facile, intuitive process. You know, you want things to be somewhat easy when you songwrite, but when you've made eight previous records, you, you don't want to do something that sounds like the old ones. So you, you kind of have to force yourself to try different things. Uh, so I think we took advantage of the, the distance, uh, the geographical distance between Corin and myself and, and embraced the fact that we were going to be writing things on different instruments. Uh, we were often writing things on, on piano or synthesizer. Uh, so yeah, we just kind of went, went for it both intentionally and then kind of realized okay, well, you know, th this, is, this is working and let's do this for now. Maybe in the future we'll write again in the same room more often. But yeah, it was a combination and I think one that we embraced. Well, the reviews for the album have been uh, very positive. Do you, do you get out there and like look into that stuff? Do you Google reviews? Do, does, is that, does that even, <laughs> do you, do you want to look at that kind of stuff? You know, not really. I, I usually have friends or you know, the label forward something if it's particularly insightful, uh, you know, if it, if it seems like somebody has lighted upon something uh, that would, you know, just kind of be illuminating even for myself. It's always uh, good to read, you know, interesting writing and reviews. But, but generally, I try to kind of stay away from that a little bit. I think it can, it can kind of be a roller coaster that you don't want to get on. Sure. Um, and I think the thing that is important to us is just that connection with the fans and playing live and, you know, just kind of raising the bar for ourselves and, and surprising people. So, you know, whether they like it or are confused by it, I think it all just is, is part of a bigger picture, which is that, you know, when people look back at our catalog, each record should stand on its own and, and sound related to, but also you know, deviate from, from the last thing we've done. What, uh, what type of music are you listening uh, to today that uh, either influenced the new record or just that, that you're into, you know, outside of your, your own stuff? I don't know. I don't know if you sit around Carrie and listen to your own stuff. That's kind of a weird question. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I just, I don't listen to my own stuff, but I think when we were writing this record, it, it's kind of two different worlds of, of influence. One was, things like Ministry and Nine Inch Nails and things that had kind of a metallic, almost corrosiveness to them. Uh, and then 
at the same time, um, very sort of more classical formalist kind of songwriters like Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty. Uh, Tom Petty had uh, sadly passed away in the middle of this songwriting process. And he, I just, you know, he has such a timeless catalog and, you know, everything he, he did had so much heart to it and, and earnestness. And I, I always return to he and Springsteen as, as very fundamental songwriting inspirations. Uh, but in terms of what I listen to, I, I really love that. Um, I love that Sharon Van Etten record that came out. Oh, it's good. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. I'm really excited about the Angel Olsen record mm-hmm. that's coming out. Um, I liked uh, the Kate LeBond record. I mm-hmm. think that Tyler, the creator album that came out is really great. There's yeah, it's, it's been a really good year for music. I think across, across the board. Have you considered doing what Annie Clark would say Vincent did where she put out mass seduction and then because uh, I don't know if this was why she did it, but we made the mistake here at kink where we were mispronouncing the name of the album, calling it mass education. So then she puts huh. out a new version of all those same songs under mass education and they're completely done in a different style. Have you ever considered doing that with a Sleater Kinney album? You know, I think with, as we've been rehearsing for the shows and, you know, there are different sounds on this record, like the, the closing track on the album is a piano-based song. And we have, at this point, over 100 songs in our catalog, and, and Corin and I have been kind of experimenting with more stripped-down versions. I don't know if we would uh, record them right away, but what we are thinking about is doing some, some shows that kind of showcase uh, a more intimate sort of stripped down version of the band because, you know, after you've played things with a certain amount of bombast for years, it's kind of nice to be able to tune into the more, like the, the fundamental kind of songwriting and, and shape um, of a tune. So we, we might do that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I love that math education version that that thing that's been put out that was very cool well we're excited to have you in town I, I mentioned this big tour you start off next month in spokane you go pretty much everywhere and then you wrap it up here in the pacific northwest uh some of the final shows happen here in portland uh two nights at the crystal ballroom one of which i should point out is sold out so carrie uh we appreciate you coming on hopefully you can stop by the studio when you come back through portland on tour and uh yeah i'd we, love to we can chat more then sounds good thank, thank you, you so much you bet take care bye Thank you for listening today, and in case you've missed any previous podcast, be sure to check out kink.fm or download an episode wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're at it, be sure to like and subscribe. The Portland 50 is a podcast about the people who dream, build, and champion the uniqueness of Portland, creating a better community for generations to come. It's presented weekly by Jaguar Land Rover Portland, one company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950.